Hi, and welcome to episode number 178 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can build connection, create community, and make your difference in the world. Now, before we dive into today's guest, I do have a special, special, special little treat for you, those of you listening and watching. I am releasing a limited time free audio series for social media managers specifically. So if you're a social media manager, you want to grow an agency, the first thing you need to do is raise your rates. I promise you, you're not charging enough to be able to sustain an agency. I promise you. So in this free audio series, I'm going to walk you through exactly how to do that, why you should be doing that, some things to consider, because it's not just doubling it and going along your merry little way. There's some technical things involved that I'm going to walk you through so that you can do this the right way. So check out the link that goes along with this so that you can grab that special little treat. It's limited time. I'm not leaving this up forever. This is only for now. Make sure you grab it now while the time is here. All right. Today, I have Nicole Hamzalu on the show. She's the founder and CEO of Thrive Collective Co. Nicole and her team help startups and small businesses grow and convert customers using social media. She helps people improve their social media strategy, stand out among competitors, market effectively, and sell strategically so that they can grow and increase their profit from social media. Nicole, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on the show today. Just like talking agency to agency. I feel like it's <laughs> it's a wild world out there. But um, you didn't always own this agency. You started this during COVID. Talk to us about this. Yes. So I think in my bubble, in my world, that's where I feel like everyone kind of got really some of that push to go out and do their own thing. Um, I think, you know, some people got kind of nervous because of everything going on and maybe that pushed them away from it. But I was one of those people who I was working at a corporate job. I was in the marketing world. That was what I got my degree in um, and the background and experience that I'd had. But when COVID happened, I was working for a pretty small agency and they really could not deal with the uncertainty or any risk tolerance at all. Um, so it was laid off pretty quickly when COVID um, happened. And so instead of, you know, looking for another job and, and, you know, at that time, I was kind of thinking of potentially moving. And so there was a lot of kind of unknowns. And so I was like, might as well throw another one in there. And I'm going to start my own business instead of like trying to find a job and just give it a shot, see how it goes worst case scenario, you know, everything else was kind of, you know, changing. And there was so much of uncertainty going around anyways, that I was like, you know, I think it's honestly a pretty good time to give it a try and just see what happens. And so from there, I just kind of hit the ground running. And, you know, I had all this time that I didn't have before, because I didn't have the nine to five job that I was trying to juggle and balance with starting the business. So I was able to put all of my time and effort and obviously COVID was happening. So I wasn't going anywhere and doing anything. So I had literally all this time to put into starting the business. And I think that's why I was able to really grow it so quickly and be able to be very comfortable and confident to not have to go back and get another job. Okay. So when you started, did you start off as a freelancer or did you jump right into calling yourself an agency? Definitely um, more on the freelance side. I also kind of 
dabbled and started in the business coaching space too, because I didn't necessarily know that I could just start an agency, you know, like even then, even though I was starting a business, I didn't really see myself as an agency owner. And my idea of an agency was like the companies that I had worked for. And I was like, Oh, that's so far away from where I am. Um, So started a little bit more in the coaching space, taking on freelance projects here and there. And then as time went on, I wanted to establish myself a little bit more. I also wanted to kind of decide oh, I want to do these types of projects, not these types of projects. This is what I really enjoy doing this, the path kind of that I want to go on. And I wanted to have a little bit more regularity and structure in my services and what I was offering and how I dealt with clients. And so that kind of pushed me more into that agency route. Yes. Honestly, I was the same. Started off as a freelancer, didn't call myself an agency for a long time because I thought I was so far away from it, right. even <laughs> though I like had a team and stuff too. Um, when was that moment when you, when you first called yourself an agency? Kind of what was that shift like for you? Yeah, I would say it was probably earlier this year. Um, and I think it definitely was one of those things that I, I said it before I and I called myself that before I actually believed it. And I was like, it was more I had to do it that way to push myself to continue to grow and develop and make decisions from the place of being an agency rather than the place of being a freelancer. So it definitely the mindset piece kind of came after I decided to start calling myself that rather than before. So I, I think I still was more in freelance mode. And I was kind of doing the the day to day tasks of what a freelancer was doing, even though I was calling myself an agency owner, because I really wanted to start establishing those processes and bringing in those clients and talking to potential new clients from the mindset and from the frame of mind of being an agency owner, because I think that's the only way that you can really make that shift into doing it. You have to tell people that you're doing it. And this is how I do things. And this is how I run my agency. You have to say that first before you can actually do it. Otherwise, the clients that you have are not going to really allow you to start performing as an agency. Oh, so... Talk to me a bit about this difference of like how an agency performs versus how a freelancer performs, because I do think that sometimes it is hard to make that shift to make that jump, Um, especially from the client perspective. It's different from, hey, I kind of freelance on the side to no, this is like a real business. We have, you know, the structure, we have the team or whatever it is. I'm, I'm curious, what's your definition of the difference between the two? Yeah. And I'm still, you know, working on it a little, I think, you know, also some clients I've had, I've had for quite a while from more like the freelance style that I had. So it's still been an adjustment and a change. And I think it just takes a little bit of time to really fully get into that agency kind of the processes, the way you run your business, and also a mindset part as well. But I think freelancer is a little bit more, you're kind of left to the whim of the client. I mean, I would say you can set boundaries as a freelancer, I think it's a little bit harder to say, like, here's what I do, or here's what I don't do. Um, I think it's more based on what the client needs, and kind of the projects and things that they have going on, and you kind of can just like fill in those holes for them. Whereas I think when you're an agency owner, you say, this is what I can do. This is what I do. Like, here's, here are the services that I offer. I don't do these things. I don't do these things. I don't like fill in these holes. And I don't, I don't take on extra things outside of kind of the responsibilities and services that I've already outlined for you. So I think, when you you're coming more to the client or the client may be coming to you because they're specifically seeking out those specific services that you offer rather than I have this project, I'm kind of working on these things. And I want a freelancer to kind of just like, do a bunch of this stuff for me. I think it's a little bit roles are reversed in the agency side. 
Yeah. Yeah. I learned that lesson the hard way. (laughs) Um, I think most people do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Trying to be all things to all people. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, So talk to me about your service offerings today. What do they look like? Yes. So pretty much I like to say full service social media. So every client's a little bit different. So I still do tailor what I offer and what I do for clients. Because again, it depends on kind of the size of their company. Um, It depends on what platforms they're using. But I really love to do definitely social strategy is a big component of what I help my clients do. So sometimes I literally just do the strategy for them. And it's like a one off project, and they have their social media strategy. And now they can go and their team can go and implement it. Um, I also do the full service social media where I do the strategy, I do the content creation, I do the posting and the scheduling and the management of all of it, all the accounts, I do reporting and analytics to make sure that we're you know tracking everything, see what's working, what's not working. And then I also do um, just recently, have started to do the ads side of things. So paid ads as well. So I really like to say um, I do full service. I have um, a contractor who does photography. So you know, if you need it, if it goes along with social media, we can definitely kind of do it for you. Yeah. And I do see a lot of businesses, especially since COVID hit, um, really looking for ways to communicate with their customers digitally, because that's kind of what we're limited to right now. (laughs) Um, So talk to me about what you're seeing with your customers. What types of content pieces are working really well right now? Yeah, I mean, I think first off, it really does depend on what kind of business you have and who you're trying to reach and all of that. But I think definitely that shareable content is really going to be performing well. So anything that kind of grabs your attention. So things like statistics are doing really well, like showing like really interesting or um, like scroll stopping types of things that are kind of attention grabbing. So anything that's kind of like grabbing your attention very quickly is doing well. So you can't have a post. So whether that's in your headline or in the actual graphic or photo that you're doing, that has to be kind of something that grabs someone's attention right away. You can't hide your best stuff like deep into the caption It has to be something kind of really imminent right away. Um, And then, of course, I think video content is continuing to perform well and it's going to continue dominating um, a little bit more of the social scene. So video content um, and again, probably more that short term video content is what you're going to want to look for. I think long form video has its place. And I think a lot of people enjoy long form video content. But that's going to be more tailored probably to your very, very loyal audience. It's not necessarily going to be the thing that grabs people who haven't seen you before. So you want to kind of focus, I think, on the short form and the long form, but tailor it specifically to the purpose of what that video is going to be doing. So long form is probably going to be more for those people who are loyal to you, who already know who you are, who really want to just hear more and more from you versus short form video is just going to be that really, again, attention grabbing, something that people are going to want to click on that they'll stop stop the scroll and they'll kind of start paying attention. So video, I would say in the shareable content for sure. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, It's one of those things where we're seeing just social media, like the nature of it shift a little bit. Um, It's not so much, I mean, it can be the personal stories, but it's Mm -hmm. really the kind of thing that people see themselves in and want to share, right? The kind of things that they want to text to their girlfriends. Yes. Um, Well, speaking of that, in, in this video idea, TikTok has totally changed (laughs) how Mm -hmm. we do social media. Every app is trying to be like TikTok now. Um, How are you kind of adjusting for this change with your clients? How are you encouraging them to create these videos or kind of implement the similar strategies to leverage what's trending right now? 
Yeah. So that is definitely a challenge and it's kind of challenging to get clients on board sometimes, especially video content, especially if it's a personal brand, it's a little bit more challenging because that can't necessarily come from me. Um, you know, I can give them guidelines and scripts or things like that, but if it's, you know, a personal brand, they're going to be the ones who are having to do these videos. So I think again, a lot of times with, with, especially with TikTok now, I think the thing that is working best for my clients is letting them know that we can repurpose these videos. So whether that's we take the video and we create it into an Instagram reel, which I know a lot of people do, or whether we chop it up and we put it into stories, or whether we even just like transcribe it and make it into um, a post with a static, you know, a static image, we can repurpose this content. So I think that's encouraging my clients a little bit more and getting them a little bit more into it, because I think it's a little bit easier to repurpose that type of content. But yes, I mean, it's, it is very challenging because video content is kind of a little bit newer for most people. But the trends and things like that, we definitely have to stay on top of it more. But yeah, I mean, again, I think the content repurposing portion of it is something that we didn't get to really do as much with just regular Instagram and Facebook posts before. So I'm really enjoying that uh, repurposing part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Love those ideas. Um, Talk to me a little bit about growth on social media. This is a big question that a lot of people have, especially business owners. How do we grow on social media? What are you seeing work for your clients? Yes. So I would say two different things. Um, Definitely truly understanding your audience and posting those types of content that is super, super relevant to them. It doesn't have to be like when I say shareable content, I don't mean shareable to and like, you know, very generic that everyone's going to relate to. You want it to relate specifically to your audience and really pinpoint and target who it is, those specific people that you're wanting to attract and wanting to reach. So making sure that the content you're putting out there is like hyper relevant to to that group of people for sure. And then the other part, I would say, and again, it kind of depends on your business and exactly what you can offer. But using that those influencer campaigns, kind of tying with other collaborating with other people, whether that's specifically influencers, or just other people within your industry, where you can do contests or giveaways or some form of collaboration where you can really cross pollinate your audiences and get that bigger exposure without necessarily having to pay for it. Um, I think those are really great ways to expand your reach, which then obviously, if you post relevant content, if it's something that people want to see, then that will contribute to your follower growth as well. Yeah. Okay. Love it. I love the collaboration piece as well. I think it it is hard. Like it's hard to grow social media accounts these days. It's yeah. not just like post it, people will find you. You gotta get in front of new people fairly yes. consistently. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, you mentioned one of the things that you do as your agency as well is reporting. Um, walk us through what that reporting process looks like and some of the key metrics that you like to look at. Yes. So I, again, pretty much tailor this to my clients, what platforms are using, what their goals are specifically and what they want to be seeing, like whether they're focusing on follower growth versus engagement versus conversions or all the above, you know, but usually I like to prioritize different things. Um, But I, you know, honestly, the social media profiles, their insights within the platforms are actually pretty good. For the most part, it is tracking a lot of the things that you're going to want to be paying attention to anyways. Um, I do have a software that I use called Agora Pulse that does it's a scheduling tool. And it also has reporting and and reports and analytics and things like that, too. So you can pull I pull that on a monthly basis for all my clients. And really, what I'm looking at is I really pay attention to of course, I look at follower growth, I'm looking at engagement, 
Um, I'm looking at website clicks, profile clicks, things like that. Like, are we posting content where people are not only liking it more, but they're actually clicking over to the profile more and probably engaging with maybe, maybe they're going to go and look at other posts. Maybe they're going to go to our website, things like that. And I'm also looking at what posts are performing the best and what posts are performing the worst. So we can do more of what is working and what's connecting with our audiences and do less of what is not working. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I love that analysis of what's working. I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in this like, oh, I got to put content out and keep putting it out. But if you don't take a second to pause and look at what's working it's kind of hard to actually make progress because if you're doing a bunch of things that aren't working, then that's not going to work. You know, when you're looking at those top performing posts, with those posts specifically, how do you know that, you know, they're quote unquote working? Like, what do you look for? Yeah. So that's a really good question because again, it's not super cut and dry. I really like to look again at go back to my clients and think, what is their primary goal right now? Like specifically in this time period, um, with their social media? Are they trying to get ticket sales for a specific event that they're hosting? Are they pushing for a specific, you know, product launch or something like that? Or are they kind of more in that like a lull period, and they really just want to nurture their audience or something like that. So I do take that into consideration. And I kind of adjust based on that, you know, likes are one thing, but I don't really look too much of that I really like to look at profile visits. So are they going to your profile after they've seen your post? Because I know that when I'm scrolling through and I like a post or something, it doesn't really mean that much. But if I go to their profile afterward, because of that it means that I'm interested to learn more about them. And most likely, I'll either follow them or at least check out other posts on their page, see a little bit more of what they're about. And again, we all know that with social media, the thing that you're really wanting most is the time spent those eyeballs on your content for as long as you possibly can. So going to your profile is just an additional time spent on your um, content. So I really am looking at profile visits. I'm also looking at saves and um, shares a, a decent amount, but I really like saves and profile visits. The saves again, because they're going to your content spoke to them enough that they want to revisit it. They want to again, go back to and look at your stuff again, getting more eyeballs on your content and on your uh, account, which means probably they're going to be again, more interested in what you have to offer and eventually seek out even more from you, which means they're probably gonna go to your website or other platforms or things like that. So those are my top two really that I look for. And then like I said, beyond that shares are good. And I do like to keep track of reach and impressions as well. Because again, we know that the more someone engaged with your content, the more that it pushed it out and um, pushed those reach and impressions too. Yes. Okay. I love that it's so specific as well to your personal goal. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we look at social media posts, we look at things like, oh, it got a lot of likes and comments. But if your goal is to sell tickets, what are those likes and comments to you? Yes, right? Like, exactly. I mean, track through and see, okay, if someone liked and commented, did they also go visit the website? Did they at least look at this landing page? You know, those sorts of things that kind of help you actually build a social media that is profitable and not a social media plan that is just for fun, which is totally different as a business owner. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about boundaries as well, especially as an agency owner um, and specifically how you approach your social media, because I think that it's hard to carve out time to be active on your own social media without just what I call study time on TikTok. Yeah. I can be studying on TikTok for hours <laughs> if I'm not careful. Right. So how do you kind of manage your own time when it comes to social media? 
Yeah. And luckily I'm that person who, you know, because I do social media for other people, it does make me less interested to go on it just in my spare time. Like I'm not the person now who's like, you know, I do, I do get kind of like my screen tired, I guess. And I'm like, Oh, I just don't want to even look at my phone or look at a screen anymore because I've already been doing it. So for whatever reason, I got lucky with that, that I don't feel more enticed or more pulled to it outside of like the work that I do on it. But I really do prioritize and make it a point to put my phone down and really not look at it at all after a certain time in the evening. So like if I'm getting ready for dinner and stuff like that, I really don't look at it past like my past dinner time and stuff like that, because I really want to have that separation from from being online from social media from work. Um, And and so I really prioritize that and I make sure not to look at it past a certain time. Otherwise, though, I really like to I track my hours. And so I am looking at how much time I'm spending per client, per account, what I'm doing. But I do also outsource a little bit as well. So I do have some people that work for me who do a little bit more of that day-to-day engagement, community management for my accounts. So that also leaves a lot of breathing room for me where I more just go into kind of project manage. I go and I just check, make sure everything's looking good. Is there some stories posted? Did the post go up today? Are we answering comments and responses and DMs and stuff like that? I'm doing more of like a run through and a checklist rather than actively having to go into each person's account. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like those boundaries with your personal life as well. Not just, just not being as interested in social media and doing other things. I think Mm -hmm. that really, that really helps with that. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What's trending? What do you think is going to happen next year? What do you think is going to be big? That's a really good question. And kind of going back to what I said, I think video content is really going to be like the number one. Um, I still think and this is not necessarily it's semi social media, I still think podcasts like audio content is going to be really, really big. I think people are again, a lot of people I know, still listen to a lot of music. But I know that people who are completely like podcasts or audio converts, so like they don't even listen to music anymore. They literally just listen to podcasts, audio books, things like that but that is still growing pretty rapidly. There are still a lot of people who haven't listened to a podcast yet, who haven't listened to um, audio content as much. So I honestly think that's going to be a big, and then in general, I think video content, I think static posts, again, Instagram didn't come out and say it specifically, but we, we all are seeing what's happening with TikTok. It's definitely growing the most rapidly across all the other platforms and other social media companies are jealous and they want to kind of keep up with that. And so they're going to change and they're going to push out content that is promoting and becoming more like TikTok too. And I don't know if everyone's seen, you know, you might've seen, I'm sure you've seen it, but not everyone of your audience has, but, um, the, I think it was the CEO or someone high up at um, Instagram said that they are going to be really pushing for that video content, kind of like what we saw with reels. Like when you post a reel, you get way more um, reach and impressions. And so I think they're going to continue going that direction. And I think other platforms are going to be following that as well. 100% agree. If you're not doing video yet, Come on in. Video <laughs> is where it's at. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things you can do too. You don't have to dance. You don't have to point. I promise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a lot of fun, and you're going to just reach more people. So I love that. Um, okay, talk to us about how people can connect with you. You have a social strategy ebook. Share that with us as well. Yes. So I um, have a social strategy ebook that I created. It's really, really in depth, and it kind of walks you through 
almost the process that I do for my own clients when I create their social media strategy, but it's a way that you can do it for your own business. So you don't have to hire me and pay money to do it. You can do it on your own if you want. If you want to learn more about social media too, um, it's a great way to really do this in-depth analysis of your own social strategy, or you can apply it to your clients' accounts as well. Um, so that's um, an offering that I have that's um, you know on my website and everything and in, linked to my Instagram. Um, but otherwise, I mostly am on, on Instagram. I'm also um, pretty avid on LinkedIn, I would say as well. Uh, but those are my top two kind of platforms that I use right now. Perfect. Awesome. And I'll put the links to all of those in the show notes. You can find those at onlinedrea.com slash 178 for this week's episode. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being on the show today. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Remember, grab the free audio series for social media managers. If you want to grow your business, it starts with raising your rates. And I will walk you through that in that audio series. Find that in the show notes as well. Next week, we are sharing with you our Unmute Yourself series. This is all about speaking up on social media. So if today's conversation about using your voice, being on video, if you have hesitations, the next three episodes on the podcast, we're going to be replaying the Unmute Yourself series, which we did last year. If you didn't catch it, this is an amazing way to kind of dig deep and figure out what's stopping you from being on video. So that will be in your ear holes next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's listeners like you that make this show possible. It's how we are the top 100 marketing podcasts in the US, Canada, the UK, and Australia. It's all to you, dear listener. Thank you so much. And I'll see you back here with a new episode soon. Bye for now.